When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Off the Bench with Benny Jones and Scotty Sadler for first choice liquor for all your liquor needs. Yeah, welcome to the program. After what has been a huge week of sport, we can't wait to talk about a little bit of it with you. For first choice liquor for all your liquor needs, Benny Jones is my name, Scotty Sattler. The birthday boy from yesterday is on the program. 40, was it 42 Seven. years young? 42. You meant to lie about your age. I used to lie when we come up for contract negotiations. <laughs> yeah, that was no, about it. No need for it anymore. A year back. You're creeping closer to my. I tell you, my, my father turned 60 earlier this year, and again, that's a pretty big milestone age. He's able to retire. thing he's most excited about. He gets the, the, the card now, the pensioner card, so he gets discounts oh. for meals and went to a pub the other day when he was up visiting and he got a, he got a cheap roast. He was really happy with that. I can't wait. So there are things to look forward to. I actually to. can't wait to move into one of those semi-retirement sort of <laughs> Call villages. Little, little condos. Yeah. yeah. Where, you know, Everything gets Tuesday is a, is, a, is a bus trip to the local shopping centre. Bingo night on I Thursday. I can't wait for that. Yeah, that's I would, as I said, you've got plenty to look forward to. Hey, we've got a lot to look forward we're to this napping. hour. <laughs> Maybe not so much that. Uh, we're going to obviously have a look under the Christmas tree at Cronulla, at the Storm and at Manly. Uh, some of our replays from through the week on Sports Day as we... We discussed their prospects heading into 2019, the good and the bad, and a few things in between. Yep. Yeah, so Cronulla, Storm, Manly, three big, big clubs. We'll talk about them shortly. Makita Power Player, Gurney High Pressure Moment. But we're also going to look at, Sats, I'm going to throw nine names at you in this segment uh, of players, playmakers, we would consider them at their NRL clubs respectively. And I want to ask you how much pressure they're under when it comes to steering their sides towards finals footy in 2019. So we'll do that shortly. I'll give you a little bit of preparation time. But let's start with the news of the week. And for first choice liquor for all your liquor needs, drama continues at the Sharks. Shane Flanagan in particular with some emails uncovered regarding his time. He was supposedly away from the club, banned for the peptide scandal. Yes, 12-month suspension. But uh, apparently... Um, and allegedly he was maybe still pulling a few strings from behind the scenes. What do you know of it? Where's this likely to go and what might it mean? Yeah, Benny, I don't know how to look at this. Um, you know, I feel as though, that, you know, you know my, and the listeners would know my thoughts on the peptide scandal. I feel as though that the players that were that were found guilty of, of being part of that, that program should have been kicked out of the game for life. Yeah. Um, if Shane Flanagan, which was proven that, that he did, it was aware of the of the systematic cheating, that he should have been kicked out for life. But, you know, they they get their sanctions and they come back into the game, whatever it may be. And then it comes to light that he has been making contact during that year that he was out of the game, preparing for the following season. I don't know which way I don't know how to look at it. Yes, it's wrong. But would you expect anything else? Not from Shane Flanagan, but yeah. from any other coach that was that was knowing that he was going back into that role, but not being told by the club that he would be losing his culture coaching position. So what else would you do? I know you're doing a lot of organising and arranging for the following season behind closed doors, but somehow you need to communicate about moving forward because I'm being let back into the game. You've given me a sanction mm. and I need to prepare. So let's let's look at it in social circumstances. If you know, if you've got some orders or conditions that are put on on you that you're not allowed to make contact with a person, person, if you do, you're you're breaching those conditions. You either get locked up or you get hauled before the court again. 
So I suppose, I suppose it's no different here in rugby league. So I'm, I'm sort of, I've, I've been sitting on the fence at times, and now that you read about not only the the emails to senior staff, which I don't think's an overly, it's not like he's, it's not like he's he's injured or he's hurt anyone, mm. um, other than his own name. But then you know we read that that the salary cap scandal could have his paws yeah. all over it as well, well where there's a apparently a a fake invoice that's been created and mm. payments that are made from that invoice to two players as well within the club you know it's i hope we get to find out who the players were as well not yeah. because of our own just our own um curiosity, curiosity. Yeah. it's yep. because whoever's involved needs to be exposed there's also the um the added concern of uh, $400,000 suspended fine that was a yeah. part of the, the initial punishment. There was a million-dollar fine, 400000 suspended. I don't know why 400000 was suspended when you're dealing with someone and a club that has engaged in mm. illegal performance-enhancing drug program. Like, why suspend anything? Well, as a warning uh, and as, I guess, a deterrent to... Um, the deterrent should be, here's the million-dollar fine. yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, no. I understand the point you're you're making, but also in that you, you would think, and it, we're not talking chump change. And people yeah. may laugh and say, "Well, these clubs have got millions." Well, we know that the fact that Cronulla don't, and the fact they're letting a lot of staff go, and there's some issues there as well. So, to have that hanging over their heads, another 400k whack. Um, it's a it's a nasty situation, and, and that's exactly what will happen if yeah. if it's proven that these emails and contact a senior staff while Coach Shane Flanagan. Was on the sidelines. Well, he can be deregistered, so the, the inability that to four hundred thousand anyway. suspension, yeah. yeah, could be activated, which yeah. is going to hurt them even further. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's a that's a big story, which uh, has emerged further through the week, but more still to play out. Uh, this was a big story uh, written by Pete Bedell uh, for News Limited, uh, one of the great NRL journo's uh, and a great friend of our program, who raised the prospect of the Gold Coast Titans just coming in from the clouds, while Cam Smith's negotiations with the Melbourne Storm continue to just Treadwater. Melmaning is at the club. There's a little bit of enthusiasm building and uh, certainly prospects of brighter days ahead. Just come in and sweep him out from under his feet and say, well, don't worry about your two-year deal, Cam. We'll give you three if you want it. We're going to pay you just as well as you're going to get paid I don't like it. at the Melbourne Storm. Plus third-party deals, they'll line up for you. Can we make it happen? Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. One, I don't want to see Cam Smith in another jersey. Um, <laughs> yeah, it would look I strange. like it as a as a as a former Gold Coast boy and uh, grew up on the Gold Coast. I'd love to see it from a, a community angle and probably more a membership angle. Yeah, because yeah. memberships would go through the roof. Massive. Their uh, their crowd capacities would increase, uh, which would be fantastic for rugby league on the Gold Coast. Probably the shot in the arm that it needs, but it seems to be a quick fix solution. Let's get in there, try and get some success. What happens after that? Mm. That's the big decisions you've got to make. Once he comes in for one or two years, and then he gets on his horse and, and disappears back down to Melbourne or up the M1 to um, South Brisbane, where he's from, yeah. Logan area. What happens after that? Can you continue that that immediate possible success? Even for the away games, you know, they would put yeah. an extra couple of thousand bums on seats as well. But, um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, Pete didn't say it was likely, just uh, that maybe a little nudge to the ribs of a few involved with the Titans to politely inquire just finally before we get to um, this list of players, playmakers, that I yep. want your thoughts on heading into 2019 sats. Corey Norman was, the, I suppose, the big player movement news. There is still a little bit of an unfolding. Sean Johnson, we know, has ended up at the Sharks, leaving the Warriors. Corey Norman, it looks likely, if it hasn't happened in the meantime, that uh, he's going to sign a three-year deal, leaving the Eels and landing at the Dragons. Good move for player and club? A good move for the club. With respect to point scoring ability, 
uh, and also creating points as well. It's always been one area of the Dragons. They go through a period of the season where, they, for some reason, they, they just forget where the try line is. Uh, a bit like the Bulldogs. And, and Matt Dufty has been a bit of a revelation for the Dragons in 2018. Just his, his speed. He went through a flat spot like any other player does when yep. they have their first season throughout the year. Just the... This, the continuous grinding of, of that first season and the high expectations of mm. the position he played in. So he can either go one way, uh, two ways, sorry. He can go one way, he can train harder, fight for that position. But we know that if Corey Norman's coming to the club, he's going to be the starting number one. Matty Dufty's either going to last for a release yep. or will have to serve out his time on the interchange bench, which is not ideal for him. But um, if you ask me right now, would you... If I was at the Dragons, would I entertain signing Corey Norman, knowing that I've got Dufty there? Yes, I would, because, like I said, he can create points as well as score them as well. And and unfortunately, they don't have a lot of players that can do that at the moment. All right, we'll stay on that theme with you, Sats. I'll get you to chuck on your thinking cap here as we look towards 2019. And obviously, as a playmaker, Corey Norman, uh, there'll be some big expectations on him joining the Dragons. I want to ask you about a few other players in a similar mould and, and just what sort of level of pressure is on them heading into next season. I'm going to start with Kieran Foran. Uh, well, he turns out to be certainly one of the more experienced players on the list I've got in front of me at the Bulldogs. Pressure on him for a club that, to be fair, I don't think there's any huge expectations on them coming into 2019. No, there's not. There's huge expectations of Foran, but always is when he plays. Um, huge fan of Kieran Foran's, the way that he plays with that uh, in-your-face style of rugby league. Puts his body through a lot of torture, the which way cost, that he plays. Which has cost him. It has. It's taken yeah. years off his life. And uh, last year, with a foot injury, toe injury, it affected any sort of influence he's going to have at the Bulldogs. I'm really looking forward to him coming in. Being forced not to run and being forced to do nothing yeah. could be the best thing for Kieran yeah, Foran. Yeah. Sometimes if you've got a shoulder injury, Whatever it may be, you'll go and do some form of running, and you don't really don't let your body recover. So, yeah, huge expectations on Foran. If if they're going to be anything this year, it's just it lays in the hands of him, unfortunately. But um, yeah, massive expectation. Cody Nicarima is another one at the Brisbane Broncos that's been listed as um, as one of the the players that are expected to to go to the next level. Huge mm-hmm. pressure on him. Anthony Milford and both he play similar type games. I don't think we'll see Cody Nickerim in the number seven jerseys here. I think we'll see Sean O'Sullivan, their okay. new signing. Uh, young halfback played a first-grade game with the Roosters this year against the Gold Coast. And I think we'll see Nickerima coming off a bench and playing more of a hooking role. Tanner Boyd, another player who uh, Badger yeah, and I spoke l- about through the week. Had a lot to do with Tanner Boyd um, yeah. ever since he was a, a young kid, actually. His dad played first grade for Penrith um, as well, uh, Shane Boyd. And... Um, He's a good young player. He's, He's an Alfie clone, looks-wise. If Brent, yeah. if Brent Tate and Alfie Langer had a baby, it would be Tanner Boyd. <laughs> There's a visual. He looks, like, he looks like Bart Simpson. <laughs> it's a visual I didn't yeah, need. But. So, uh, yeah, Tanner Boyd's probably another two or three yeah. years away. Um, Sean Johnson's probably one of the biz- biggest expectations going to another club and yeah. seeing whether he can – I think he's been great for the Warriors. I think it's – I think the pressure that's been put on him of why they haven't gone in and had greater success placed – at the hands of him has been unfair. Uh, Sean Johnson going to another atmosphere, another environment, another side, another completely different culture. Yep. I'm really looking forward to him playing a leading role, but also not being the big dog in the house. He's got Moylan around him, Dugan, Gallen, mm. uh, Fafita, all these yep. all these really big personalities as well around him. Let's head south uh, and let's go to the green machine in Canberra, Aiden Caesar. Always got a lot of pressure on him. I'm a big fan of Aiden Caesar's, um, but he's always... He hits a stage of the season where he, he remains stagnant. 
and he's got to be able to kick through that. And he's got no better coach than Ricky Stewart that knows how to get through that other side as a halfback and, and, and as the, a key playmaker and the ability to close out games, which has been a big issue for Canberra for a Absolutely. couple of seasons. Absolutely, you know, yeah. I think a lot of the time, you know, Aiden Caesar has been a player that. He goes through stages of wanting to be on the front foot. When they get to a lead, he, I've always felt as though that he just wants to hold onto it, just protect it, instead of continuing to attack. Turn that 12-point lead into a 16-point lead and turn mm. it into a 22-point yep. lead. That's, Put the game to bed. He's got to find that hunger. All right. Uh, now, this uh, comes into greater significance, of course, with Corey Norman on his way to the Dragons and a player who has been touted at times to be heading to the exit door of the Eels. But Mitchell Moses, how's his 2019 looking? Yeah, well, I think Corey Norman going is the best thing for him if that's the way it's going to turn out. Uh, he won't have another player that's fighting or demanding the keys of the Ferrari, even yeah. though that Parramatta are probably not a Ferrari. They're more of a skateboard or a moped <laughs> at the moment. But Mitchell Moses needs to be, and for more reports, wants to be one of those players that that runs everything, that owns everything. And that's not a bad thing. That's a yeah. good thing. But you don't need someone else that wants to do the same. And, and on the field, there's there's a a sense of disjointment amongst the two of them. Mm. So if one of those goes, I think we see the other one rise, and that'll be Mitchell Moses. Another player who just battled with his body through 2018, only managing five games as Josh Reynolds at yeah. the Tigers. Another club with not huge expectations, but uh, if he can get it right and play more often than he misses, you'd, you'd expect well, some Luke Brooks and Benji Marshall will play in the halves, you would think. Um, I think Benji Marshall's a, probably a fullback at this stage of his career. But in saying that, uh, Josh Reynolds has got to find a position. I think his position is hooker. I think he can have a, a Cam Smith effect on a side where what you lack in speed, you can you can more or less make up more in, I suppose, your wits and also your ability yep. to tease the defence. And Josh Reynolds has the ability to do that. Don't look for that Damien Cook explosive speed out dummy half. Look for more like that. Michael Ennis, Cameron Smith style of play, and I think Josh Reynolds, that's his future. All right, just a couple more to finish up with. Uh, the father-son duo uh, at the Panthers, it's all been ticked off, $10 million over five years for those two uh, in Ivan and Nathan, but specifically Nathan. Sort of pressure and expectation will be on him playing. Well, even more that. so now, even yeah. more so that he's he's got his dad as the coach. Um, we don't know whether being coached by your father, constantly spoken to you by your father, outside of rugby league, in contact with your father. Is it a help or a hindrance, yeah? Will he burn out this yeah, kid? Yeah, will, yeah. Will he rebel off the field? You just don't know. Um, but he, he went away from his running game, Nathan Cleary, last year at one stage of the year. And um, he's just got to, he's got to drop all those interferences that are around him, one mm. being his dad being his coach. He's got to drop all of those and just – he's got to think like an old-school rugby league player. What I see is what I'm going to play, and I'm not going to worry about anything else. Everything else will fall into place. A lot of people looked at this young man in 2018 as possibly a breakout season. It never quite eventuated. A bit of a roller coaster for Brody Croft at the Storm. Uh, we know that there's no more Billy. Uh, we know Cooper's long gone. Cam Smith probably on his last legs. Uh, players like Brody, how important are they going to become if the Storm want to stay up in that top four bracket? Yeah, I think there's probably even more pressure on Cam, seeing there's no Billy and no and no Cooper Cronk. That he's, he he can't rely on. Or, You'd like to think he put faith in his halves that are going to take control, but it's not going to happen. Um, so there's a lot more pressure on Cam now that, the, now that Billy's gone as well. Yep. Yeah, Brodie Croft. Brodie Croft's got to be Brodie Croft. I've said this throughout the whole year, Benny. A lot of people keep comparing him to Cooper Cronk. He's the same build as Cooper Cronk, same running game as Cooper Cronk, tries to kick like Cooper Cronk. There is a, there's an exact mirror image when you look at both these players. The, when he came into grade, Cooper, 
him and Brody were exactly mm. the same. They're just carbon copies. But Brody's got to build Brody's image of what style of player he's going to be, and not worry about it, all the other you know, all the other expectations from the outside. How you do that, I don't know. But he's just got to build his own style rather than trying to be like Cooper. And finally, uh, a man who was in the news a lot throughout the 2018 season for some off-field concerns, as many as there were on-field, is Ben Hunt at the Dragons. And he just seems to be a polarising figure. When he gets it right, he's fantastic. But when he gets it wrong, he, he can be a, a you know, real Achilles heel. Yeah, I just don't think Ben handles big moments really well. Uh, I still don't think he... And I, ever since I was commentating him as a 17, 18-year-old, I, I still never thought he's ever been a, a halfback. I've always thought... He's, he's always been a hooker. Um, his greatest pressure, I think, Ben Hunt this year, is getting his his partner not to comment on social media. Um, that's probably one of the biggest bugbears a lot of people got with, with Ben Hunt as well as at the moment. So puts more pressure on him. So um, I don't know about Benny. I, I just don't think he's a halfback. If Corey Norman does go to the, the Dragons, we may see a different different Ben Hunt. But I, again, I don't mm. think Ben Hunt's a halfback. All right, good stuff, Sats. There's a look at some of the playmakers and their important roles at various clubs for the 2019 season, which, uh, well, we're well and truly into December, will be upon us before we know it. More off the bench to come right after this for First Choice Liquor. We'll have a look at the Christmas wish list of a couple of NRL clubs. We've got a Makita Power Player and plenty more still to come. You're listening to Off the Bench with Benny Jones and Scotty Sadler for First Choice Liquor for all your liquor needs. Let's dig into Santa's sack. As the NRL coaches write out their Sports Day Christmas wishes for 2019. Just occurred to me, boys, we might need to get cooking on a few of these because Santa will be arriving pretty soon. That is creeping up on us big time. And we're only up to the seas. And we're only up to the Cronulla Sharks. Uh, last season, just for the benefit of our listeners, a little refresher course here. 16 wins, 8 losses, and out in the grand final qualifier to the Melbourne Storm. Uh, so Always a threat. Yeah, mm. always. And have been very consistent over the past few seasons, including, of course, a premiership. So we'll start with you, Badge. What are their two wishes? Or, you know, if you're going to the Christmas tree on the 25th, what do you want to find under? Neath said tree. Well, they got a nice little early Christmas present in Sean Johnson, basically as a, a replacement for Val Holmes. So I guess the, the first thing you'd be hoping that Matt Moylan is happy to mm. and does slot straight back into his fullback role uh, and he can play a big role for them there. But Sean Johnson has to be in the halves, I'd imagine. Anyway, and the other one for me is that they're, they're hoping the salary cap investigators drop off. Mm. They're right. Is that, is that up likely? They're <laughs> clacker, aren't they? Just, just when, when they get a scent, those investigators, they're, they're not going to give it up quickly. They're not, but they're hoping that maybe they yeah. get a bit sloshed over Christmas and lose the files. Staff, staff terminated. Yeah. All of a sudden, information starts coming yeah, in. Oh, couple, sounds like rugby league. A couple of little leaks <laughs> yeah. here and there. Yeah, yeah. Sats, uh, the two for you. Uh, they need to find a big bag of cash somewhere, <laughs> just somewhere, anywhere, because isn't that, isn't no sponsors. Yeah, no sponsors <laughs> on their jerseys. Uh, yeah. Only a couple of minor ones. Salary cap scandal, scandal, staff terminated. They are just I thought that, bleeding at the seams at the moment. I thought that development next door was a big water. Well, that's all we kept hearing. It's a beautiful big development just on the um, on the western side of the of the mm. stadium, but mm. obviously it hasn't um, paid it forward. A couple of their other stars that are involved in a little yeah, bit of media. Yeah, for Feeder and Dugan to stay away from podcasts. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because. It, Invariably, a lot of their comments, as honest and sometimes yeah. refreshing as we like to hear, players speaking their mind these day and age, it has affected their club in the way that potential sponsors view their club and the integrity of the club within the 
community space. All right, Badge, who's not getting a Christmas card from the oh, Sharks? The obvious one's Val Holmes. Too expensive to send one of the states anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he might be there, yeah, will he? But, oh, yeah. uh, you know, nose is out of joint. And I've, I've got an issue with it as well, much as I like him as a player. He had a year to go on his contract. Yep. Just see your contract out. Then you could have headed mm. over. Yeah. But uh, for some reason, it had to happen right now, and uh, it, he's left left the club in the lurch. And Sats, you got a little nugget of information on Friday yeah, night. I, you know what? I um, I emceed a, a function on Friday night. Uh, Matty Rogers, who is, I've got to say, anyone out there, any company out there that's looking for a guest speaker, Matty Rogers is in the top three. He is amazing. Point, yep. The stories that he tells from cross codes, uh, Survivor, being on Survivor. I thought you were going to say looking for an MC and put yourself out there. Yeah, Sats, that too. Who, <laughs> we come as a package. But <laughs> in saying that, um, I, I asked him about being so vocal about Paul Gallen. And Paul Gallen, I think, won't be sending a card to former legend Matty Rogers and vice versa. <laughs> what Matty Rogers, he, he was actually critical of Val Holmes, mm. you know, leaving, of course, Gallen with a year to run. And I agree, totally agree with him in that sense as well. But Matty Rogers was critical of Paul Gallen being so outspoken about a teammate, former teammate, that is very popular with the playing group. And he said Paul Gallen rang him after it and challenged mm, him. And he okay. said, my priority is, you know, to be honest, and also my life after football, Matty Rogers said, no, your priority is to be a leader of those men. Yeah, while you're playing. Yeah. not form a wedge between mm. that playing group by being so outspoken now. Being Your priority is to be a leader now. Don't worry about your life after football. Yeah. That'll come. Yeah. Your priority is to be a leader now amongst your playing group and don't form a wedge with your opinions about a player that is very popular. Well, if you're going to turn so quickly on a teammate when he decides to leave, exactly. Like your, your teammates are going to wonder. He's what probably sort not of talking to Sean Johnson, you know, because he had a year to run as well. Yeah, he did yeah, likewise, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty no, frosty at Sharks training. Yeah, could be. Mm. They let him go. Uh, how are the fans feeling as they tuck into their Christmas turkey or ham or whatever? We oh, do I think they're pumped. Oh, I, think, yeah. I think they're excited about. Um, you know, you do need to to look at one season that's not a successful one. They went pretty close, but. How are you going to be better the next next year? What's going to be different? And the difference will be they got Sean Johnson, mm. and that's uh, that's massive. I mean, and I they, know Val, they don't Val lose gone, a lot. I mean, yeah, they lose a lot with Jesse his... Ramian's gone, some outside backs, but Ricky Latelli. I think there could be some great combinations there. But by putting Moylan at fullback, you don't lose a lot, do you? You got a state of origin player that's played in that position. Then you got a guy that creates so many points, which yeah. for the Sharks probably has been one of the most difficult areas is the people that can score them, yep. but the people that got to create them has always been the problem. Well, they've got the grunt up front, haven't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. And then someone just to play off the back of that, like Sean Johnson. All right. Nice work. Uh, Christmas covered from a Cronulla Sharks point of view. We'll continue as we look top at four? each club. Uh, well, yeah, is that the expectation I again top for them? Four. Yep. No, I'll wait till next year. Yeah, <laughs> we won't go too early on the predictions. I got it all it. wrong this year. <laughs> the hard way in 2018. <laughs> Melbourne Storm, their Christmas wish list. Badge, as I said, has certainly thrown his two cents worth in, so we'll get to that shortly. But I'm going to start with you, Sats. You're the birthday boy, that's why. And two Christmas wishes for Craig Bellamy and co heading into next season. Yeah, Craig Bellamy is going to wake up on Christmas morning and he's going to open up. Just, It's not a big present. Mm-hmm. It's just it's a, it's a, about the size of a phone. Yep. And he opens it up. Is it actually a phone? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's a phone. And so he opens it up and he, yep. he looks in the messages. Yes. And he sees there's one message. Yep. And he presses on the message and Billy Slater comes, because Billy's name's already programmed oh, yeah, Bill. into the it'd be, phone. It'd probably just be Bill. Yeah, Bill. Yeah, Bill. And it says, Slat. hey, coach, how are you going? Yeah. Decide to play on one more year. Oh, wow. Okay. That's what they want. Itchy feet. Yeah, I just think um, they've got some really good replacements there in Scott Drinkwater, Jerome Hughes, just to name a couple of players. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously... Moving on from the king is going to be always going to be very very Huge. hard, and yep. it's um to to fall in the shadows of that person. But I, I just don't think they're ready. I mm. think they're about another year away from being a person that's going to 
take ownership of a fullback jersey. Oh, yeah, got some bad news in regards to that. I mean, there was a big uh, a big hoopla about his arrival at the St Kilda Football Club in the I AFL, know. and he's told them he's all in. I don't know whether that means he's actually playing next season, but he said that I am in for the long haul. So his chances of a comeback slimming. No, uh, it won't happen. happen. Anyway, what's the second wish for the Storm? Um, a big bag of soft <laughs> cotton wool for Cam Smith because I've used this saying a few times, Benny. There is a saying in boxing that you can age in one round. Yeah, yeah. In rugby league, you can age in one off-season. Well, it was the acquisition, I suppose, the, the theory on Mun- Anthony Mundine. Absolutely. That, you know, he's 43. We all knew what his age was, but the difference between 42 and 43 and his last fight to this fight. So you're thinking... Yeah, Father Time with Cam Smith? Oh, I just think, yeah, he won't start training till the new year because no. he's had a massive season again. Well, he can't while he's uncontracted. Absolutely. Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. But in that time, when you're at the age that you are, and mm. yes, he'd be looking after himself, and he knows how to look after himself, but things get a little bit slower. You're smart between the ears, but your body just can't get from point A to point B. Yep. The longer you stay out of training, team training, your timing's out. Mm. Not your timing, people's timing that are around you. Yep. They're a little bit quicker. In their, when they're in their mid-20s, when you're sort of slowing down a little bit. So, you know, being able to manage Cameron Smith this year, I don't expect Cameron Smith to play 26 games mm. this year. I, I think he'll play maybe 19, so right. 18 games. So they've got to be smart with him. Well, Badge, uh, who was not uh, brought up to speed with your wishes, uh, Sats, has gone along similar lines. His two, Cam Smith to re-sign first and foremost. I think most Storm fans would agree with that. It's uh, dragging on a touch. And as we spoke about, you know, Pete Bedell has thrown a little... Cat amongst the pigeons by suggesting another club might come in from left field. So Cam Smith to re-sign is wish number one. And, again, very similar to you, Sats, that the Storm Discover life without Billy is still half as good as when he was there. And as you said, you can't replace a Billy Slater overnight. It's going to take uh, a team effort and a few players, certainly from underneath, to uh, come on in leaps and bounds. Who's not getting a Christmas card at the Storm? Cronulla Sharks. They hate each other. Still? Well, we know. Just hate each other. Of course, from that grand final, but... I think um, there's something about the Cronulla Sharks, the sledging, the Will Chambers and Paul Gallen tirade at each other every time they play each other. They just hate each other. I mean, everyone hates Cronulla now, but they've got got an opportunity to hate them even more now if there's Shane Flanagan stuff um, unearthed. But in saying that... um, Yeah, the, the Cronulla Sharks will never get a never get a, a Christmas card. It's a great rivalry, though, and long may it continue. Yep. Uh, for Badge, no card. Well, Cooper Cronk, he basically yep. cost them. Well, he didn't cost them a premiership last season, but he didn't assist in any way in he Melbourne did. Storm winning a premiership. He yeah. cost them. They played one short. I thought he could have arguably helped them out. But history will say that uh, he did. He cost them a premiership switching over to the Roosters. How are the fans feeling? How are Storm fans... Uh, They're nervous, Benny. ...ahead of 2019? They're nervous because they don't know where a lot of their... Not so much their points. Billy doesn't score a lot of points these days. Of course, you know, he'll get a game here and there. He'll lay on two tries, whatever it may be. It's it's what he does defensively. Yep. Yeah, he's, he's the best defensive player in the comp without making a tackle because of the way that he talks, the way that he pushes his teammates around, but also he's just his involvement with the ball in his hand. He creates so many opportunities for those around him that, that I think they're nervous. I think fans are nervous. They'll always be... In and around the top four. I don't think they'll be in the top four this year. I think mm. they'll be six, seven or eight. Okay. But, um, yeah, Melbourne Storm fans are, are just looking for that. They're looking for that next hero now that Billy's gone. Yeah. Well, I, one thing I didn't do off the top, which I had been doing with other clubs, is obviously a refresher course on their 2018 now. We know they finished second. Uh, just missed out on that uh, minor premiership by uh, all of eight points, if you don't mind. And then, of course, making it through to the grand final where they were just simply outclassed by the Sydney Roosters. So that was the Melbourne Storm's tail of the tape in 2018. As far as the fans from Badger's point of view, 
Well, he thinks they're expectant of another top four finish, so he thinks it'll be the status quo. But he's also hoping that uh, the likes of Scotty Drinkwater, uh, Billy Walters as well, can slot into 5-8 straight away and and just make that transition a little yeah, bit easier. Yeah. He's thinking Cameron Munster will obviously play fullback and they've got yeah. to find a six, but you know, they don't have a, a regular six to go straight in there. You're listening to Off The Bench with Benny Jones and Scotty Sadler for first choice liquor for all your liquor needs. The Makita Power Player for Makita's massive redemption sale. Makita, when power means business. Yeah, that redemption sale, uh, some great gift ideas and lead up to Christmas. Grab yourself free Makita gear as well by heading to the website makita.com.au for all the details. Uh, Makita Power Player this week, Sats, I've gone to the States uh, and I've gone to basketball. Uh, you young fella, Jack's a big basketball fan, isn't he? He watches a lot of the um, NBA. Yeah, he's a Cavaliers fan. Cleveland. Did yep. he jump on the back of LeBron or is it just his he did. Yeah, most did. Yeah. Uh, well, LeBron uh, is a topic of conversation. He's one half of our power player. The other half is uh, a player in which he teamed up with to great effect at the Miami Heat yep. back in the day, Dwayne Wade. Now, the reason why they are our Makita power players is they, uh, they squared off a couple of nights ago in their last ever competitive match, uh, well, against each other on this occasion, but um, after a 16-year teammate-slash-opponent relationship. They are now playing at the Lakers, of course, LeBron. Uh, Dwayne is back at the Heat. And there were some great scenes post-game. I just got the closing stages here. It went right down to the wire, in fact, uh, three points in it. And the ball in the hands of Dwayne Wade. LeBron is guarding him, and this is how it unfolded. They got 12 seconds. It's LeBron on Wade. Wade bottled up. Wade to tie the game. It's not close. McGruder on its way. Winslow. Lakers are going to win it. And they do. <laughs> LeBron and Wade hugging each other in the quarter. <laughs> they were matched up with each other in the final seconds. champions absolutely two great champions who won two titles together an olympic gold medal but you could have written a romance novel uh on their relationship sats they 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 split twice not not as a couple but as <laughs> as teammates because of course we know uh, lebron went to cleveland and then uh, of course uh, Dwayne moved around he i think at one stage went to chicago yep. he was all over the shop and then uh of course, there was the return to Miami that was touted, and now he's at the Lakers. So they've crossed paths so many times, and but what they did provide was a great one-two punch when they were going. And, of course, we all remember that, that Miami hadn't won anything for such a long, long time, and yeah. they'd been to the finals and lost, and there were all those question marks about whether LeBron could get it done on the biggest stage of all, and then they went back-to-back. Wade's retiring at the end of the season. Did he so. go to Golden State, Wade, at one stage? I don't know if he did. Yeah. He was about the only big high-profile player yep. who didn't because, of course, they've had so many of them of late. But, uh, you know, we, we talk about great rivalries in sport. I wouldn't say there's a rivalry, almost a bromance, but enjoy them while they last. And I think that's the angle I've gone with here, Makita Power Player. Federer and Nadal. Like, we, we keep saying, well, Rog can't go on forever. Just moments that should be frozen in time yeah. when that yeah. two seconds to go yep. before the ball's actually shot from Wade that they're both looking at each other's eyes. Yeah. Oh. And... Great moment. Yeah. They'll have a they'll have a lithograph of that or a picture frame where that'll get sold and people will be buying it left, right, and center. But when it happens, you just you do you you just think about some of the great rivalries in sport when players and you think about some of the Queensland, New South Wales rivalries within rivalries. Never take them for granted because when they're finished, you you, you miss them. You in do. the eighties, there was the Wally Lewis and Brett Kenny yep. rivalry, and Brett Kenny at Origin level was the only guy that could ever 
really challenge Wally mm. to and kick him off his throne a couple yeah. of a couple yep. of times as yep. well. So yeah, they're, they're moments that we at the time we we embrace and we love them, but sometimes we forget about them, and we got to be we got to keep being reminded. Who were the, who was the big one in the nineties yeah, from from a Queensland New South Wales point of view? You probably had Ciro's. No, I, I always always found Alfie Langer and Ricky Stewart yeah. was a really yeah. great rivalry because yep. they they Alfie'd be picked for te- the first test yep. of a series, yep. and then he probably wouldn't play the best, and Australia would get beaten for some reason, and then Ricky would take over. That wasn't so much the, that wasn't so much the physical rivalry, no. was it? It was the, it was the ta- who's going to be the man to steer their side. And then you had a guy state. like Greg Alexander that was sitting in the yeah, just sitting in the bleachers waiting for an opportunity. And if he was in any other era, yeah, he would have been the starting halfback for Australia for seven or eight years. So yeah, um, in the nineties, I didn't look at the physical component of it all. The other one was Benny Elias and Steve Walters. Yeah, of course. Hated each other. Well, keep rolling. What about if we move into the noughties? Obviously, a decade in which you were heavily involved as a player, particularly through that first half of it, the Queensland-New South Wales rivalry, when New South Wales dominated the early mm. part of the decade and then Queensland took over. Who was the big, who, who do you reckon was the big head-to-head there between Queensland and New South Wales from a... It was always... But also, it was, I, I found it was always Mal versus Laurie Day. Yeah, in the coach's box. No, in the nineties. Oh, in the nineties, in the noughties. Oh, the, oh, you're talking about the two thousands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it was, moved so, to the coaches' so box. In the noughties, it was um, Gordon Tallis versus the world. There you go. Yeah, Gordon Tallis was it was basically a one man army. Yeah. Against New South Wales. Yeah. And whether Queensland are winning or losing, it was just Gordy versus the other state. Has it, has it has it flipped this decade to Paul, Paul Gallen against? Yeah, us. absolutely. Yeah. And you yeah. got to you got to have those. The villain. Yeah, you got to have the guy in the black trench coat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Fascinating. Who's the black trench coat in this? Um, who's the bad guy? As yeah. I said, it, because there isn't one. No, because like I said, more of a bromance than a rivalry. Yeah. I mean, even when they play against each other, and as you saw or heard in that vision um, that I uh, picked up offline, they they were hugging each other as the game was still going on. The ball the was guy, in mid flight. <laughs> he didn't even know whether it dropped. Yeah, it was great. If you haven't seen it, check it out. The last time LeBron and Dwayne will go head to head. On a basketball court, I'm sure they'll play a few games of one-on-one in their later years. Massive redemption sale, Makita, when power means business. When we return, going to find out who's under the pump uh, with a gurney high-pressure moment and also find out what Sats is looking forward to this weekend in sport. A gurney high-pressure moment for gurney high-pressure cleaners. Available at Bunnings Warehouse. Yeah, let's have a look who's under the pump, who's got a little bit of the precious spotlight firmly attached to them heading into the weekend of sport. In fact, that's before I get to mine for Gurney High Pressure Cleaners available at Bunnings Warehouse. Gurney gets the job done. It's been a big talking point the last 24 hours. Mine, uh, you were telling me off air about a young Aussie who's about to be well and truly up in lights. Uh, Bilakawi. Now, he's a super middleweight. Um, A lot of people... This is sort of really flown under the radar. I'm going to put honest. my hand up and say, until you told me five minutes ago, I'd never heard the name. So, Well, he's an Australian fighter. He's 18-0 with 14 knockouts. He's fighting wow. on the undercard of the Canelo Alvarez. Now, Canelo Alvarez is fought Gennady Golovkin twice. He's yeah. uh, pound for pound the best boxer in the world at the moment. Mexican, red-headed Mexican, fighting at Madison Square Garden on Saturday night. American time, Sunday here. And Bilikawi, the young Australian's fighting for a title wow. as well. Yeah. As one of the undercard, he's part of the Canelo camp. His dad, Mick Eckaway, was a really good fighter in the Johnny Lewis days um, when he was training. Johnny Lewis, Fennick and those guys. Yeah, yeah. His dad's his trainer. His dad had a car accident at 20 after two professional fights. Was, wasn't able to continue in his, in his boxing career. But now he gets to train his son, and together they go to Madison Square Garden, wow. which is like the... Yeah. It's, well, the, it's a coliseum when it comes to boxing. It's the church of boxing. Yeah. So um, big, 
it's a it's a big weekend for Australian boxing, and I yeah. um, can't wait to see this kid fight. Absolutely. Um, as far as beyond that, I mean, if all things go well and he improves to 19 and zip, he just keeps going in America because that's where the dollar fights are. He wouldn't are. stay here. No. He'd just stay over there. Yeah. 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 Well, good luck to him. I uh, hope he can get the job done. Uh, my gurney high pressure is squarely placed upon the A-League because, of course, we heard the details announced yesterday. Uh, the two new clubs that will join the competition staggered over two seasons, uh, Western Melbourne uh, from 2019-20 season and Southwest Sydney the following season in 2020-21. So the reason why they're under pressure um, – you sense if they butcher this one up, they're, they're, there's not going to be another opportunity because it's a real it, tightrope moment. Isn't well, it, it is tightrope. It's, you know, it's a one spit and twice gallop, and yeah, yeah. He's he's been involved in expansion before David Gallup with the Gold Coast Titans in 2007, and mm. yeah, many were, many criticised him, saying that it should have been given to the Gold Coast. It should have been the Central Coast bid. Um, financially, they were. They had a bottomless pit of money through John Singleton. Yep. But they wanted to get teams away from that Sydney yep. outer region as that well. Sort of bigger bubble there. Yeah. They made the right decision, and David Gallup did a great job at that. And I'm, I'm sure he would have followed the same process mm. with this as well. I like that it's staggered, Benny. I like that it's won next year and then won the year after, just so they can sit back and digest it all and see whether they whether the first inclusion was right and where could they tidy yeah. up around the edges. Yeah, I, I was a little perturbed by it. I, I, didn't, I didn't quite think it was the bang the competition needed, the real big sort of explosion of excitement and enthusiasm. But I also do, and I kind of pick up from where you've discussed there, um, Sats, the, the gently, gently approach because they've been you know bitten on the backside a couple of times with Nathan Tinkler. Uh, also, of course, Clive Palmer, that ill-fated uh, venture into Gold Coast territory. Also, the far north Queensland fury that uh, fell in a heap as well. Yep. So they have made blues in the past prior to David Gallup's arrival. Um, so therefore, they're, they're just treading a little lightly. They want to get to a 14-team competition in due course. Is 14 too many, Benny? No, well, it just depends where they're geographically spread out. It's it's too many if they keep putting them into Melbourne and Sydney because you dilute the product. But Canberra, I'd argue, needs another side. What about a team? This might Tasmania a bit left of centre. Tasmania needs a side. Wagga. Well, Do you put a country team in that yeah, has got great facilities, fantastic sporting community. It's the corporate dollar still needs to. They need to find that from somewhere. You'll always find commercial sponsors, corporate, not so much corporate, but the commercial sponsorship that want to expand their businesses into mm. regional areas. Yeah, mm. but are they going to do it for the next 10, 15, 20 years, or well, is it going to be depends a, on depends a sugar on the, hit? The population yeah, influx of those areas. Yeah, and, and and there is, I believe, still a, a strong desire for a, another side in in Queensland namely in Brisbane, so they can create a derby situation there. Is the other resources, is the talent, are the dollars there? Again, that's going to have to all play out in coming seasons. But in the meantime, well done to Western Melbourne and to Southwest Sydney. I'm sure they're excited and don't really care what I think. Uh, and they will be a part of the A-League in the next two seasons. Gurney high-pressure cleaners available at Bunnings Warehouse. Scotty, before we finish up, um, well, what are you looking forward to this weekend? Well, I'm looking forward to that that fight first and foremost, yes. but also um, I'm also looking forward to Mitchell Stark. Mm. You know, he he was really dangerous in the first innings with the ball. Second innings, he lost his focus a little bit and his um, radar and touch. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And he's had a lot of critics coming out of that game. Yeah, I'm looking forward to him finding his form in Perth. Oh, I hope so. And maybe a couple of our batsmen as well. Yeah. It'll be very nice as mm. we look to square up that series uh, at the new Optus Stadium. Of course, uh, I'm looking forward to, and it's cricket related, not so much the Test match. 
But I'm actually really pumped for the countdown to the Big Bash. That's because that starts next Wednesday too, night. Yeah. Our boys, uh, well, our man, Chris Lynn, uh, your good friend, who's now captain of the Brisbane Heat, will launch the season against uh, the, yep. <laughs> the defending champs, the Adelaide Strikers. So uh, that'll all be played at the Gabba. And then the reason why I really love it, and I know I can hear my wife. If you could hear eyes rolling, I can hear them right now. <laughs> it's cricket every night. So every time you go home, there's always something on the box. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, right through the week. So no more dud nights where you've got to actually make conversation with your other <laughs> half. <laughs> How was your day, love? Oh, yeah. How was that? Yeah, okay. Oh, bad customers. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Nah, it's sorry, love. The cricket's on. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm also probably looking forward to divorce proceedings after saying that as well. This has been Off the Bench, Sats. Uh, no, it's been a big week it's not for that you. painful. No. <laughs> Been through it. Uh, your birthday yesterday. You've also got the young fellas twenty first yep. uh, this weekend. So enjoy that. To be a uh, few days, I'm not going to be able to be able to uh, bring my head through the clouds and oh, of be a little bit fobby. Yeah, a little bit, days. a little bit. But we'll, we'll we'll get it back on track by about Wednesday when the big bash returns. Uh, I'll see you same time next week for off the bench. See ya.